Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next generation. I hope you all had a wonderful week. Um, this is going to be a shorter podcast today because it's finally sunny here in New York, and I really need to get outside and feel the sun on my face for a little bit. It's been like three weeks of just cloudy, disgusting, dreary weather here. So I need to get out and get some sunshine. Also, there isn't too much news other than uh, you know, a one-world government taking over our health care, um, which is coming next year. But I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Polgate and the debates and some New Zealand news and why that matters to us, and also some firearms training. Um, full transparency, I am a tad bit high. Uh, it happened by accident. Um, well, I was just dying laughing with my husband because my friend Amber just sent me a present and it's a neon sign. And I'm like, I take it out of the package and it on the bottom it says live with like an ice cream cone. And I'm like staring at this and I'm like, why, why would she send me an ice cream cone? And my husband's like, that says live and that's a microphone. And so I'm an idiot and I'm pretty high, but we're going to do this news and do it quickly and wrap it up so we can enjoy our weekend. All right. So I talked about the one, um, one health, it's, it's called one health. So have you guys heard of this? I hadn't really heard of this. I mean, I knew of agenda 2030 and that kind of stuff. Um, but I hadn't really heard about this specifically until I was listening to Shannon Joy's interview with this guy named Brian O'Shea. Um, and sorry, side note, I have the worst cotton mouth right now too. So I apologize if you hear me taking sips of uh, seltzer over here. But um, all right, so who's Brian O'Shea? He is the chief operations officer at Centurion Intelligence Partners with 30 years of military and government intelligent, intelligence and private investigations experience. He's also Naomi Wolf's husband. Um, if you don't know who Naomi Wolf is, she's done a ton of um, investigating on COVID and um, all that stuff for the past three years. So One Health, this is some very, very bad stuff. Um, it's They're calling it the evil endgame of the globalists. That sounds pretty intense. Um, first, first, I'll tell you what the WHO says about it. So that, what does the WHO say about it? Um, this is right off their website. One Health is an integrated, unifying approach that aims to sustainably balance and optimize the health of people, animals, and ecosystems. It recognizes that the health of humans, domestic and wild animals, plants, and the wider environment, including ecosystems, are closely linked and independent. While health, food, water, energy, and environment are all wider topics, with sector-specific concerns, the collaboration across sectors and disciplines contributes to protect health, address health challenges such as the emergence of infectious diseases, antimicrobial resistance, and food safety, and promote the health and integrity of our ecosystems. By linking humans, animals, and the environment, One Health can help to address the full spectrum of disease control, from prevention to detection, preparedness, response, and management, and contribute to global health security. The approach can be applied at the community, 
subnational or subnational, national, regional, and global levels and relies on shared and effective governance, communication, collaboration, and coordination. Having the One Health approach in place makes it easier for people to better understand the co-benefits, risks, trade-offs, and opportunities to advance equitable and holistic solutions. So, like, they make it sound, you know, very kumbaya-y. Well, it's not. This is a power grab through a new treaty that places them in control over future public health emergencies of international concern. It is a global surveillance program and a crucial instrument in the Chinese Communist Party's campaign to dominate America. It is a one-world government uh, with Peter Dajak. If you don't know who he is, um, he's the president of EcoHealth Alliance. Um, so it's a one-world government with him at the head of it. And they're going to do, you know, what they, what they did to us with COVID. They're just going to do it again. And COVID was the warm-up to what they have planned for us. That was COVID was just the test run. So let me give you a quick overview of what they have planned for us. It's an ideology that seeks to change how public health is conducted. They want everyone and everything to be treated the same. You know, humans, animals, plants, the earth. Us humans are going to be treated like cattle. There's, they're saying this is like Obamacare on steroids. It's a treaty that will be activated by the WHO in May of next year. They will implement digital ID, digital currency, all your healthcare information will be digital. Uh, Fifteen-minute cities or ghettos is what they're calling them, and they will succeed and usher this in by the threat of another pandemic, terrorist attacks, a climate emergency, economic collapse, border invasion. You know, any of these emergencies can trigger what they have in place here, and the the COVID response laid the groundwork um, for our government. To, to do this again. And COVID was just the tip of the iceberg. Um, yeah, we need to be alarmed. <laughs> we need to be alarmed by this. Um, not fearful, definitely not fearful, but we definitely need to be concerned. Um, and they want to do this to every Western democracy. Uh, Shannon also interviewed MEP Christine Anderson. She's been at the forefront of trying to sound the alarm on this. She's doing like a tour over here in America right now speaking at all these events to try to wake people up. Um, she says that this is already here um, and that China is our future. Like if you want to know where this is heading, look at China and how China treats their citizens like that. That is where we're headed. Um, it's in the Netherlands, Canada and Ireland. They're already taking away uh, farmers farmland. They're forcing uh, ranchers or cattle ranchers to kill like 50 percent of their cattle you know, because cow farts are bad for the environment. So we need to kill you know, 50% of these animals. Um, it's terrible. In Great Britain, they're doing the 15-minute cities slash ghettos, and they've already passed legislation for climate lockdowns. Um, they're setting up surveillance cameras and barricades have already been set up. And in Germany and here in the U.S., you know, of course, we have the invasion of the migrants. Um, right here in New York, we have a quarantine camp legislation that we just cannot seem to beat Kathy Hochul in court. Um, she keeps appealing, and for some reason, she really, really wants to put us New Yorkers in quarantine camps. Um, and another reason for our Second Amendment rights, which I will get into a little bit later. 
But so what do we do? How do we how do we fight this stuff? Um, well, fighting it on a local level is really our only option. Like it's up to us to say no to this. Um, somehow we've lost our God given rights and started looking at them as privileges. Um, these are these are our rights. Um, we can't budge on that. No one's no one's going to come save us. No politician is going to save us. But the only two people talking about this kind of stuff, especially the um, central banking digital currency system, are RFK and DeSantis. Those are the only two people talking about this stuff. Um, we need to refuse to comply, obviously. Civil disobedience. You know, elections are not going to do anything to fix this. Um, don't obey. Don't comply. We need to get us people back in charge of this country. Um, we need to we need to organize. You know, we're not very good at that. And we also need to be as self-sufficient as possible. So we are depending less and less and less on the government. And um, Christine Anderson had this quote, become so free that your very existence becomes an act of rebellion. Um, and I think that's fantastic. And we need to do that or we're going to find ourselves um, living like China. And I don't really want to do that. Okay, next topic. Um, for those of you who think that the COVID craziness is in the past, it's not. Uh, just this past week, Kevin McKernan, he is the founder of Medicinal Genomics, an R&D lead human genome project at MIT. Okay, super smart guy. I don't even know what all that means. But him and along with Steve Kirsch, who is the founder of the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund, and he started the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. He's also a super rich tech guy, uh, vaccine injured. Um, he's also been like, he's been a dog on the bone going after this vaccine information. He just will not stop. And he's kind of got a few money. So, you know, kudos to him. He's doing incredible, incredible work. Um, so both these guys you know, they're got all this data that is exposing these COVID vaccines. Um, they had it wiped from their servers by the New Zealand Ministry of Health. So this data was leaked by a whistleblower named Barry Young. Young is a former employee of the Ministry of Health. He leaked the data to a New Zealand journalist, Liz Gunn, along with Steve Kirsch and Kevin McKernan. And then Young was arrested and charged with Accessing a computer system for dishonest purposes. And they didn't just arrest him. They sent eight armed officers and unmarked vehicles to his house and raided his house. Just, you know, he could have been like, hey, can you come in for questioning or, you know, show up at the station? No, you know, they got to make a big scene of it. But anyways, um, Young says that this data belongs to the people of New Zealand. So there's data. This data gets wiped from... New England or New Zealand people and people here in the U.S. So that's why this story is important to us because we're getting research deleted by other countries, Ministry of Health. Like this is insane. Um, so what is this data and why don't they want anyone to see it? Um, well, Gunn and Kirsch claim that this data shows conclusive proof that the COVID vaccines are killing people at very high rates. Well, no wonder they don't want this uh, information getting out. So I have some 
if you don't have Substack, Substack is fantastic. It's got good information. There's a woman on there. Her Substack is called uh, Dystopian Down Under. She did really great reporting on this. I'm going to read you some of the things that she's reported on. It says, these liability-free vaccines were mandated. The patient data collection was mandatory. No opt-out. This is such an enormous breach of bioethics. You don't get to then lecture the rest of the world on bioethics of anonymized vax data that you admit has no patient identifiable data in it. This data, frankly, should have been public every 24 hours throughout the pandemic. Indeed, the speed and severity in which New Zealand Health rushed to conceal the leaked data and arrest the former employee who leaked it has raised more than a few eyebrows. After obtaining an urgent injunction last week, New Zealand health officials and politicians gave a series of statements on the news to the New Zealand press decrying the devastating breach of trust, assuring that they were continuing to scan the internet and media for any further appearance of this data, and warning that the dangers of misinformation and conspiracy theories. Um, so there's a little more here. Uh, Young stressed that the data belongs to the people of New Zealand and that he believes they should be able to see it. McKernan is of the same view, once again directing his comments directly to the New Zealand Ministry of Health. The world has taken notice that you, being a tax-funded organization, have less data transparency than private companies sequencing medicinal organisms. Your desire to keep data secret actually took down the private company generously providing genomes to the scientific community. I would encourage you to give transparency a try, giving your funding sources. Perhaps New Zealand Health will give transparency a try, but then again, this is the same organization that secretly issued 11,005 COVID vaccine exemptions to its own staff. Um, so that's pretty shitty. Anyways, there's all that. This is ongoing, but Steve Kirsch and Kevin McKernan, they don't seem to be backing down. It looks like... Um, it looked like today they're trying to remove uh, Kevin McKernan from Twitter. Um, but Kirst was just on Alex Jones and Russell Brand talking about this data. Like, I worry for these people's safety. Um, they don't want this information getting out there. And, you know, clearly they're willing to go to huge lengths to keep this stuff from getting out. Um, hopefully this will lead to some accountability. I'm doubtful. But, you know, our government wants to memory hole this. And the only two people talking talking about are RFK and DeSantis. Um, so that brings us to the poll, or not the polls, my bad. Brings us to the debates. All right, much better talking about this stuff. <laughs> okay, so finally a debate where COVID, like a COVID question was asked. The other three debates, no questions on COVID. Trump's interview with Tucker, no questions on COVID. Finally, a debate where this is being brought up for millions of people to see and listen to. So finally, a question about COVID. Uh, it was Wednesday night. The RNC debate was on and it was moderated by Megyn Kelly. She did a great job, you know, except for there was a hot mic moment where she was picking on DeSantis. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. Um, but I guess she was picking on him for something. But I don't know. She did a great job. Whatever. She did a great job. So at the end, she asked about COVID and the response to COVID. But as soon as DeSantis was going to answer, the feed on Rumble like just cut out. Like it just shut down. Supposedly, it wasn't their fault. 
And I, you know, I guess I believe them, but it was just kind of funny that this pro Trump uh, platform that I talked about a couple weeks ago on my podcast um, about how there's so much money tied up in rumble and uh, truth social for Trump, but DeSantis finally gets like the question that he can just knock it out of the park on. And all of a sudden it's like, service cuts out. Um, Anyways, he did a fantastic job. I'm just going to run down a little bit of the debates, like their debates. I watched like 85% of it. Um, All right. So Nikki Haley was there. She got destroyed by DeSantis and Vivek. Um, She was just made a fool out of, but she basically admitted that she was happy to have uh, endorsements by like BlackRock. She was meeting with Larry Fink of BlackRock. Um, She's out there boasting about that. Like, and they call Ron DeSantis an establishment person. Like, please get out of here. Nikki is just awful. And like the day before the debates, um, there was some footage of her talking about the trans issue. And she said that, you know, the laws, whatever, need to stay out of it. Basically saying that she supports parents' decisions to trans their children under 12 years of age. So no, I'm sorry. You are just disqualified. And she's a warmonger and she plays the woman card and it's annoying. All right. Vivek, he did great, obviously. He's such a good um, speaker. He's a great debater. I just don't trust him at all. I talked about him last podcast and his COVID database that he wanted to start um, to segregate Americans. Um, He's also got ties to Soros and the WEF and Big Pharma. So that is just a no for me. That is a non-starter. Chris Christie is just irrelevant at this point. Um, I mean, he's been irrelevant the entire time, but irrelevant. But so uh, DeSantis, he did fantastic. He, you know, he did wonderful, but um, he kind of went out there was more aggressive. He didn't have any of the stupid smiling that he's been doing. Um, Stood his ground you know, he's just got results and he's got facts and you you just can't beat that. And he's very presidential. He keeps his composure, unlike Trump. Um, anyways, off on a tangent again. So DeSantis, he took billions away from BlackRock. Him and Nikki kind of went back and forth after that. He's going after the central banking digital currency system. He's not tolerating the trans agenda issue. And he has proven in, um, he's proven his track record in Florida. He talked about securing elections prior to Election Day, which no one else is talking about. The whole Trump MAGA team keeps screaming that the last election was stolen, yet Trump has no plan to fix the elections. Like, that's just crazy. Like, all they do is scream that the election was stolen, yet Trump has no plan to fix the election system, and DeSantis does. Um, okay, anyways, he's sending military to our border, not Israel and Ukraine, and he's the only Republican candidate that will say that we need a reckoning on what our government did with COVID, um, including the vaccines, and that it will never happen again. So to me, DeSantis is... The clear, the clear front runner. Um, hopefully, America doesn't screw this up. All right, there's a thing going around called Poll Gate. Um, not a poll like strippers uh, dance on, but like election polls. Poll Gate. Uh, the polls are crap. They're defying all reason and reality at this point. Uh, Rob Salvador he did a deep dive on this data, and it's 
bad data, plain and simple. Like it's just bad. Um, this goes for Rasmussen, who they are blocking anyone that questions them on Twitter. They're just blocking everyone um, that's not a MAGA person. So this is for Rasmussen and Trafalgar and a few of the other polls that are out there. Actually, the CNN polls seem to be like the most accurate. Um, everyone else has just stopped trying. But um, Rob says, from a statistical perspective, the samples are not providing information, um, not providing information that can be used like at all. Um, they're only reporting to have uh, a 1.8 response rate. So they're resulting these polls with only a 1.8 response rate. Like, how do you even do that? That That's terrible data. And you're basing all these polls that Trump is up 30 points, 50 points, 100 gajillion points. No, to me, to me, it seems that these polling places are probably getting paid to skew these polls to make it look like Trump's winning just my observation, but, um, all right. So that's bad data. It's been proved. Um, something weird is happening. Like we, so there's evidence that Trump reached out to influencers in 2022 to start a propaganda campaign on social media. That is clear at this point. Um, people that were praising DeSantis, they all of a sudden do a complete 180. I mean, it's insane. We had Trump out there saying that Cuomo did a better job on COVID than Flor- or than DeSantis did. Like, come on, this is just ridiculous. Um, this is this is clicks over country. Like, we cannot tolerate this. Ooh, I almost said a bad word. Um, they're and they're literally purchasing bot farms to influence and propagandize to the American people. Um, so. You can see it, the brainwashing going on on Twitter, not so much on Facebook, but a lot of it on Twitter and just in the general public because people that watch Fox think that Trump is inevitable and they leave out that he was endorsed by BLM and he's now pro-choice. Like They just forget to um, report on this stuff. So the normal American people that are watching Fox News have no idea what's going on. Um, Bothers me. But And then why are they not forcing Trump to debate? Like, how can he be running for president and just refuse to debate? And everyone just claps like, well, he's inevitable. He's so far ahead in the polls. He doesn't have to debate. Like, no, if you're running for president, you need to debate. Like, that's ridiculous. And then the MAGA cult yells and screams when Biden says he's not going to debate. But your guy's not debating. Like, this is just such nonsense. Um, anyways, so they want us to forget about what happened over the past three years, both the Republicans and the Democrats. And they want to erase what they did to us. And they're getting they're gearing up to do it again with this disease access coming. Um, on the flip side, DeSantis is all grassroots. You know, Florida works because of DeSantis. You know, Florida works and it has a functioning government because of DeSantis without the circus. Like I have a hunger to return us to sanity. And I want, I want the disruption. Like Trump was a great disruptor back in 2016. DeSantis is a disruptor, but without the circus that Trump brings. Like DeSantis is the clear choice here. And I'm just going to be honest with you. That's who I'm voting for. I hope you guys all see the light and get off the Trump train. Okay. Now that 
Y'all have listened to this crazy information. There's no better time than now to talk about the Second Amendment. So our Second Amendment rights are the only thing that's going to keep all this tyrannical BS at bay. You know, thank God for our right to defend ourselves. Um, But we need to be more aggressive, especially as conservatives, about keeping our rights. You know, even with a so-called Republican president, speaking about Trump here, um, he went after our gun rights. Trump was aligned with Dianne Feinstein on gun control. He wanted red flag laws, he dismissed due process, and he banned bump stocks. He literally said, quote, take guns first, go through due process second, unquote. People forget that Trump is and was um, a New York Democrat, and he's not exactly a fighter for our gun rights. Um, I've been around guns my entire life. My family are big hunters. Uh, My dad, you know, he taught me how to shoot when I was little. I remember he took me out to shoot a shotgun. It was a 12 gauge, and I had I was not expecting that, but I learned real quick, Uh, but I had like a bruise on my shoulder for weeks. Um, But he taught me and my sister gun safety and respect for all firearms. My mom even shoots, which is quite terrifying, to be honest with you, but she's got this cute little purple revolver and it's adorable, but she scares me. Anyways, as an adult, you know, as an adult now, um, I shoot with my husband who he is well-versed in firearms. He's a hunter. He's an excellent shot, you know, because of all of his military experience. Um, He even built us a range out back of our house. And to be honest, I really need to go out there and use it more than I do, um, because I've been kind of lazy about it. But anyways, um, a year ago, I wanted to brush up on my skills and get more comfortable and confident with my concealed carry. So I went and took one of my friend Lance's uh, classes, Lance Zaleski. Um, he has more experience with firearms than anyone I know. And I'm going to read you his bio here because it's pretty impressive. So it says, um, I started my law enforcement career in 1999. I started my special ops career in 2000 when I completed basic SWAT school and in 2003 completed advanced, advanced tactics and hostage rescue operations. I've been a certified firearms instructor since 2003, where I have instructed and coached thousands of people both civilian and law enforcement, and multiple weapon platforms. Um, I held team member, team leader, and tactical commander positions during my career and have enjoyed every minute of it. I've been fortunate to learn from the best in law enforcement and military communities, and I want to pass that knowledge along. Understand that this is not just a business venture for me. It is my passion, and that is apparent when you meet Lance. Um, it is what I put, what I was put on this earth to do, make warriors out of people. I want to see people succeed and become the badass defender they have always wanted to be. And you will leave these classes with a sense of confidence and the desire to learn more. You will leave knowing that you have the ability to defend yourself and your loved ones under the dearest or the, <laughs> the direst of circumstances. What are you waiting for? And I need a drink because I have terrible cotton mouth. I'm so sorry, guys. My planning is not very good. All right. So Lance is just an all-around badass, and his wife is freaking amazing. She she does the shooting competitions, and she like she is my spirit animal. I just love her too. Um, she she kicks butt. Um, so this also you know this is making me realize I need to practice more. And Lance is probably going to give me shit about that. Um, anyways, he owns. LZ Tactical Firearm Concepts. This is a no BS, 
hands-on form of firearm training, and its classes are held at the Vernon National Shooting Preserve, which is not far from me. Um, I did the beginner pistol course. Lance taught us you know, basic firearm handling, safety, loading and charging your pistol, how to perform a function check, identifying phase one and phase two malfunctions, excuse me, and how to fix them. He also teaches you how to um, draw your firearm, sight picture, sight alignment, trigger control, stance and recoil management, all the stuff that I never really took the time to learn and I just went out there and would shoot. Um, <laughs> so I finally learned how to do everything correctly. Um, so then he takes you out to the range and you practice and you practice and you practice and you practice some more. It like, it was the best day. Um, I left there feeling super confident and, you know, a much better shot than I was before. So I highly, highly recommend taking one of his courses. Um, if you're new to firearms or, or if you've been shooting your whole life and need to brush up on your skills, you know, Lance can help. He's got a class for everyone. Um, I'm really excited to go do the next course. You know, we probably should be taking these courses closer together, me and my sister. Um, but I'm going to blame it on my sister for not getting her button gear and signing us up. But the, the next level class has combat reloads and shooting drills and that kind of stuff just sounds so much fun to me. But I wanted to read you um, his pistol engagement level three class because this, you know, this, I don't know, this really excites me. So it says the course will build off the combative drills, skills and shooting techniques covered in level one and level two. You will understand how all these shooting techniques can be applied to defend yourself and loved ones in real life situations, no matter where you are. You will be introduced to room clearing techniques and how these techniques can be applied to any location you need to defend yourself. You will conduct move and shoot skills while identifying and engaging threat or multiple threats. You will be shooting on the move while identifying shoot and don't shoot targets while incorporating point shooting or body armor drill techniques. This is an advanced course, but it's a fun course. It sounds super fun. Um, it will increase your situational awareness, hone your skills, build your confidence in your abilities, and you will leave this course with peace of mind, knowing you can handle the worst situations that life can bring. And you will leave this course with a confidence and a sense of peace, knowing you have what it takes to protect yourself and loved ones. Like, yes, please sign me up. I, like, I'm still kind of a chicken. I know I talk a big game, but it's, we were in, in our old house and I was going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and come back and I had to pass by the stairs and my husband grabbed my ankle in the middle of the night. He was like messing with me and I just like melted and I couldn't even get words to come out of my mouth. So I definitely need work on the whole confidence thing. Um, and I know Lance will be able to help me with that. Um, he also offers the 18 hour course for uh, the New York state pre-pistol course, uh, permit class course, course, you need that to be actually be able to buy a pistol in New York state. Um, because we live under a tyrannical governor that hates us and our second amendment rights. Um, so, all right, guys, that is all my news for today. I always want to give a shout out to shell shock CBD, uh, promo code J Norman. They've got CBD for your dogs, bath salts. These energy sticks are incredible and they have new flavors of the energy sticks. Um, what else have I tried lately that I love? I love the bath salts. It's so good. Um, Delta nine gummies. Like I took before this podcast. Yep. Those are really good too. Um, I really love the rack out gummies for sleep. Like they just like, gradually drift you off into sleep and you don't feel like shit the next day. So 
Shell Shock CBD, veteran-owned company out of Texas. Great guys. Um, speaking of John, who owns uh, Shell Shock, his podcast is the American Savage Show. Best podcast out there, you know, besides Steve Dace and Shannon Joy and Daniel Horowitz. And I'm kind of a podcast junkie, but John's podcast is great. Um, he's starting this new thing on his podcast where he's going to go through the Constitution every episode and, you know, read the Constitution. And we're going to do some like studying and learning about it because we need to get back to learning in this country the correct information about our Constitution, our rights. We are going to need to know this stuff. Um, so I think that's an awesome idea. Anyway, so check that out. Also, my friend Kevin Crater has a podcast. Um, go check him out. I think his podcast episode's released on Monday. He's got great info. Um, he wants to debate me on Trump versus DeSantis, and I have not taking, taken him up on it yet. Um, I get kind of feisty, and I don't want to lose a friendship over it. But I am a woman, and I'm emotional, and I get very feisty about it. And honestly, I just don't think you can defend Trump on anything. I've heard everything at this point and it's all nonsense. So anyways, after that rant, um, I am done for today, guys. I hope you have a great weekend and I will see you next time on The Next Generation.